3: Uh-huh. Just sure. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast And I am your host, Ramses Ja. And sometimes the amount of stories that make their way to us Means that we simply can't cover everything that comes our way But from time to time, a story just stays with me And I feel compelled to share it with you And give you my thoughts And now, one more thing All right, so today I got a weird one for you. Um, no uh, news clip. Today I'm just going to be reading an article. This comes from newsbreak.com, uh, and it cites the New York Post. So, headline reads, White student sues historically black college Howard University for $2 million over racial discrimination. How about that? Now, in order for me to paint this picture, I'm going to be reading. I want you to know in advance that I am not going to read the whole article. I'm going to read uh, different paragraphs that I feel paint the picture. But uh, please do me a favor. Check this out. Once again, New York Post or Newsbreak.com to uh, get the full story. I don't I don't mean to misrepresent what's um, being said here, but it's, it's pretty lengthy. So we'll start. Uh. A white student at Howard University's law school is suing the institution for racial discrimination, alleging the school created a, quote, hostile education environment, unquote. Michael Newman, the plaintiff, attended Howard University's school of law starting in the fall semester of 2020 and remained there for just two years until he was expelled in September 2022. He's seeking $2 million in monetary damages for, quote, pain, suffering, emotional anguish and damage to his reputation, unquote. Frank Tramble, vice president and chief communications officer for Howard University, said that while he could not comment substantively due to pending litigation, the university is quote prepared to vigorously defend itself in this lawsuit as the claims provide a one-sided and self-serving narrative of the events leading to the end of the student's enrollment at the university. Unquote. Following discussions of Newman's purported racial insensitivity, students learned of a tweet from Newman's private Twitter account that included a picture of a slave bearing his badly scarred back with the caption, but we don't know what he did before the picture was taken. This according to the lawsuit. Newman tried to remedy the situation by sending out a four-part letter explaining his views, but the effort was labored a, quote, manifesto, with one student accusing him of, quote, manipulating uh, classmates' emotions as a social experiment, unquote. The lawsuit said the letter's, Allegedly resulted in Newman's removal from a second class wide group chat. So that is the long and the short of it. Of course, uh, Mr. Newman has a different take on what happened. And of course, he says that he meant things differently. Um, and I just allow me to give you a couple of examples, and this I know, I'm not reading from the article, but he said that when he posted the picture of the slave with the whipped up back, you know the picture, I'm sure you've seen it as many times as I have. It's a black and white photo, it's a th- thick scars all across um, a an enslaved man's back. He says that he was trying to suggest by saying, we don't know what he did before the picture was taken. Uh, that that is the type of rhetoric and the, the the defense strategy of folks who say in response to, you know, police videos uh, showing police brutality and police shootings to the folks that say, well, we don't know what he did before the police got to him or before the video picks up. So, you know, he's trying to say, hey, I, this was my way of mocking that group. I wasn't trying to mock black people. Um. And, you know, there's a few other things where he has his version of events um, and it was either taken out of context or misunderstood or whatever. And this is what he's saying. And that the university and the students' response to him has caused him this mental anguish and so forth and caused him to feel like he was discriminated against, hence, a $2 million lawsuit against um, Howard University. So,
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com/bin today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.help.com/bin.
1: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you, but consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every 3 seconds in the US. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year
3: This one was a little strange, and the reason I wanted to talk about it is because there's something here about how some white folks come down from the mountain (laughs) and interact with black folks, and they are well-intentioned, and they have good hearts, and they mean no harm. And yet, it ends up being a catastrophe. And I think that these are situations that we need to examine critically because the motivation, the intention, is often good. You know, folks want to be good and be allies and that sort of stuff, and they just don't have a clear framework of what that looks like. And... Uh, an operational framework in terms of how to behave. Um, and like I said, they end up messing things up for themselves and the folks around them. So how does that happen? Well, I don't know if this particular instance is him being well intentioned, although that's what I'm going to assume, or if this is simply a matter of play stupid games, win stupid prizes on the, the story on its face. You have a white, man going to a historically black college and, you know, trying to educate people, right? You know, there's there's other examples in this article, and I want you to read them, where he was asking questions and saying, well, why, why are black people voting this way? And, you know, this sort of thing, right? And... You know how you ask questions and kind of the answer is in the question, so you're not really asking it. You're more kind of pointing it out under the guise of asking a question. So it's this sort of energy and this sort of uh, behavior that I'm sensing from this student through the article that I'm reading. Again, might have a good heart, might be well-intentioned, but there's something that he doesn't seem to be fully tapped in with. And this is something that may come up again in your life. It's certainly come up in my life, it's sort of a recurring theme. I know of it uh, to be called white savior complex. And in short, what that means is that uh, if a white person shows up in a black space to stand in solidarity with black people, uh, they show up very much with uh, a sense of entitlement. There's almost an arrogance. It doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen a lot. And they are there to save the day. And they they are not aware of it. You know, it's not like someone goes into it like, yeah, I'm going to save all the all the black folks. They just show up and they think because they've seen all the movies and the hero looks like them or what, How whatever conditioning that has taken place. In uh, these folks' lives, you know, um, they're they're often centered in every room they go in. That, that as a race, they're the the main character, if you will, in their own stories. Um, so they show up and feel like the best way that they can contribute is by being the center of attention, the decider, the leader, right? Um, couple of this with the masculine <laughs> propensity to behave in a very similar manner um with respect to women. Um, you often end up with white men behaving in a way that is very off-putting. And oftentimes they don't even know it because they think they're helping. Um we saw this during the Me Too movement. It's it's a great uh, example and a great guidepost for, you know, progress. Uh, that we all can refer back to. There were lots of men trying to help women, trying to help by suggesting how women should go about uh, creating the professional world in which they wanted to to work. And women, many women push back against that and, and I understand why. Women are intelligent enough to be self determined, to write their own stories, to define and outline and articulate what it is that they want. And they don't need a male leader to do that for them. In fact, the very notion of it is insulting. Uh, far be it for me to speak for women, but this is my understanding of the general reaction to men mansplaining <laughs> uh, proper tactics. Uh, that women should adopt to uh, bring about the changes that they wanted during the Me Too movement. So similarly, uh, we have a, a situation again with Mr. Newman here, who shows up and is involved in very, very important, meaningful conversations at indeed Howard University. I'm now I want to make sure that I'm being very clear. I'm not saying that white folks shouldn't go to HBCUs. In fact, I was just at uh, Norfolk State. Um, and I saw, of course, most, most of the people there were black. It is an HBCU, but many folks there are not black and everybody seems to get along just fine. And I love that. You know, it's, it's not unlike being a foreign exchange student. It's not unlike you know, what many folks do to expand their horizons and their uh, viewpoints. So I love the idea of it on its face, but we have to remember that a lot of times the folks who have been centered the majority of their life, they show up and they think that they got the answers to all the problems and they don't often recognize how insulting and how hurtful just their very positions can be. And, you know, this is a student, but you have to ask the question, yo, man, did you did you go here to learn or did you go here to teach? Because learning is sitting down, shutting your mouth, and listening. And, again, the energy that I got from the readings that I've done on, on Mr. Newman suggests that he was not quite there with a humble enough <laughs> Uh, attitude to really receive the instruction and the information that would have been necessary to avoid all of this. Uh, in my estimation, I believe Howard has a pretty solid case. Um, now, we know that learning is listening, and we know that white folks have not been in this position before there's not never been a time in you know in in the history of this country where white people have had to learn from black people of course there's been a handful of white people who have listened and reluctantly granted what we would call progress at different points in you know this american timeline but in terms of white people in mass learning from black folks this is a very new thing so for the student to show up thinking that he has the, the solutions to black America's problems. He um, it, it ends up in a bad, in a bad space, in a bad way. And the students, it appears reacted accordingly and the faculty in order to keep the peace had to do what they had to do in order to make sure that they um, prioritized having a, An environment conducive to educating their students. Um, but the fact is, we're all learning as we go. Uh, and sometimes the lessons we're learning are difficult, which result in stories like the one we're talking about now. So, um, I'd love to get your thoughts on this as always. So, again. Uh, you can find the full reading at uh, newsbreak.com or on the New York Post. Um, and let me know what you think. I'd like for you to know the same things that I know so that we can have this conversation. I never profess to be right, but at least on this version of the show, oftentimes I have a bit of perspective that is left out of the narrative. So, again, let's talk about it. Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. Of course, you can hit me at RamsesJaw on all social media. And until you do, peace. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you